Can I say, same as I do every single week, welcome home. If you've been here for many, many years, if it's your first Sunday or anywhere in between, if you're joining with us online, welcome home. I hope you feel at home. You may feel like a guest, but hopefully we have embraced you as if you're one of ours. So welcome home, online and in the room. Before we get into the Word, I want to remind you just quickly of what our vision or theme or focus, whatever you want to call it, has been for this year. And I felt this probably December last year, so almost a year ago, just after it was announced and I began to get in to meet with teams, but I really felt that the theme for us here should be as one. Just that simple phrase. Outwork that in many different ways, but as one in our thinking, in our alignment, in what we do, how we relate to each other, as one. Not just in geography, because location for us as a church and right across most of the world has changed dramatically. At times we haven't been allowed to meet together like this. At times we have, and other times it's been much smaller numbers, and we've had to do church very, very differently, haven't we? I know that, that some of you are still doing church online because you feel that that's the way you need to do it at this moment, but you're still part of church and still as one. Now, what we wanted to do in the next few weeks is create some opportunities that's outside of our Sunday service for a few larger gatherings so that we can come together for different reasons, but so that we can gather. We can still gather. We can still come together, yes, in a safe, secure way. Yes, wearing masks, as I encourage every single one of you to do when you're in this environment. But we can still come together. And over the next few weeks, we've got a few different environments, and I want to encourage you again to be part of them. On the 18th of November, we're going to gather our worship team together. So not just one platform team, but all the team together across the four different weeks. So platform team, production team, our host, uh, our guest services team, if you serve on a Sunday, or maybe... You just want to come along because we're going to do a worship night. We're going to gather together as, as people. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I'm glad one of you does. Just remember, this is being filmed, so every person that clapped, I expect to be here. We're going to do a worship night. And we're going to do it in the chapel and just going to be low-key. It's not going to be everything going, but we're just going to get together and worship God. And maybe part of that time might be kneeling before God. Maybe it might be for you coming and laying before God, but praying and worshiping together as one. And then on the 22nd, we've got an all-team night. As for everyone that serves within the life of our church, you're invited to come here. And this is a bit more of a visionary night. It's a bit more of a celebration. We're going to honor some of our volunteers who have gone over and above and served faithfully. 
But it's, it's looking at who are we and how we're going to move forward into the new year as well. So that's the, eight, uh, the 22nd. But then, and then on the 29th, all our circle groups are going to join together and anyone else that wants to join. And we're just going to decorate the building. Because I don't know if you've remembered, but Christmas is coming. Halloween was a year ago. It's really funny. I was driving along the road the other day and... In, in Lakeview where we live, there's lots of stuff going up and, you know, the Halloween things. And, the, and then immediately, the 1st of November, loads of it was stripped down and then these, these inflatable snowmen. Like, one day! One, could have given us one day rest. But anyway, we're going to decorate the church and get it ready for Christmas. But enough of that. Are you ready to come around the Word of God? Why don't you get to your feet with me as we pray? Father God, I pray for every single person in this room. I pray that you will speak to us where we are. I pray that through your Word you will encourage us, that you will challenge us, that you will comfort us. And I pray, God, that as we go through this service, that our hearts will be warmed towards you. I pray that every single one of us will in some way love you just a bit more. I pray for those that don't know you. I pray that maybe something that's said, something that's done, the way that we treat each other, the way that they've been interacted with, God will cause them to turn their attention to you. And not only their attention, but their life as well in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why don't you grab your seats? So today, it's going to be a bit different. And you'll see as we go along how it's going to be different. And I want to say to you, if you've got your notebooks, get them out. If you've got your, your phones, get them out. Because there's a lot of scriptures that I want you to take note of. Because you're going to need them. Because there's going to be scriptures that are going to be so important to you over this next few weeks. So I want to encourage you, even if it's just the scriptures, the, the, the references, take note of them because I want you to go home and read them. Let's not be binge-eating Christians. See, what I mean by that is, is that the only time we feed is on a Sunday together. You see, we eat healthily throughout the week, hopefully. And so going home and reading the Bible and, 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 and looking at it and praying at it, that should be our daily schedule, not just our Sunday schedule. So get your notebooks out and get ready to take down some of the scriptures a bit later on. Can I ask you, have you ever been in the grip of fear? Now, it may be a reasonable fear, or it may be an unreasonable fear. We've got some hunters in the room. And I can imagine it's a reasonable fear when you're confronted with a grizzly. Especially if you've got nothing. <laughs> that, that's, that's a reasonable fear. I won't talk about that, but a few years ago in Newcastle, we, we bought a building. When we bought the building, it was a, an incredible blessing. And, and how God 
brought the building to us and brought the finance to us was a miracle, or many miracles, I may say. And we moved in and we, we got started and almost as soon as we moved in, we started having some noise issues because not only did we buy a building, we bought, there were seven flats attached to the building and there was, most of them were occupied by people. And they were used to having 15 people in the church, not five, 600 people in the church with loud music. And so complaints were started. And then one Sunday, and, and they, they were quite continuous over a period of time, and we tried to talk and, and work with the people in the flats and work out schedules and things like that, but it didn't work. And one Sunday, I'm standing there in worship, in church, and I heard sirens. And this incredible thing happened to me, and I'd never experienced it before, and I've never experienced it since. But this wave of fear and panic engulfed me. And I later on found out through chatting with a few people that it was an anxiety attack. And I, I didn't have a clue what it was at the time. But this wave, I felt like I'd been smashed on the back of the head by a literal wave in the sea. My heart started to, to pound and I felt dizzy and sweaty. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But... I was so engrossed with this fear, I thought I was going to be arrested. The sirens kept going, and they started coming closer. I thought I was going to be arrested, and I thought I was going to be taken to prison. And my thought process, this was my thought process, what's going to happen to Dee and the kids? What, what will they do if I get taken to prison? Who's going to run the church? And I, my mind, I felt like I was going crazy. I was so engulfed in this fear. Now, it was a completely irrational fear that was going on because I don't know what it's like here, but in the UK, there is a very significant difference between a police siren and a fire engine siren. And I knew that just up the road, there was a fire, uh, a fire department building. And regularly, on Sundays and every day of the week, the fire engines would come rushing out and rushing past their building. But I was so engulfed in fear, so overwhelmed with fear, I didn't have a clue. I couldn't even think what the difference was between a fire engine siren and a police siren. And it was a fire engine siren. See, my irrational mind heard the fire engine but translated it to a police siren that was coming for me. And just at that time, and as I began to think back a bit later on, I realized that just like the disciples that experienced this incredible moment of provision when Jesus fed the 5,000 people, they later got in a boat, and they were, Jesus had said, let's go to the other side, and and they forgot the miracle of the provision and were so engulfed with their fear of what was happening in the water. My faith, built from seeing God provide a building for us, was smashed by the storm of noise complaints. My heart was unsteady. Over these next three weeks, we're going on a bit of a journey. 
And we as a church have done that over a period of time. We've, we've faced a lot of upheaval as a church, as a community. The retiring of our much-loved previous pastor, Eldon. There's a new upstart from England who no one knows. And the new pastor spent six months trying to lead via Zoom and video preaching for six months. We've had COVID. And the church is looking very different because of all this, but also in many individual lives. You've faced upheaval. Relationships have often been strained to the point of breaking. We've conf we're confronted with our own mortality when family or friends have died or had near-death experience, whether it's COVID or cancer or anything else. Some of you have faced financial hardship. Our kids are dealing with mental health problems at a higher level than ever before. And some of us have had to deal with huge life changes. In his book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis paints this picture of ships. And he's talking about morality, but morality in the way he's describing it is how we get along with each other. And he talks about an internal harmony, our heart, steadying our relationships with ourselves. But then he talks about the ships. So there's an internal strength of the ship, but then there's the ships not colliding with each other. Harmony between people, living in community, steadying our relationship with each other. But then he talks about the destination, the course of the ships. Where are we going and how will we get there? The purpose of life, staying on course and steadying our relationship with our Creator. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at steadying our heart, steadying our relationship with each other, and steadying our course. Today, I simply want to talk about steadying our heart. Guarding our heart. Did you know that over 105,000 people die of coronary heart disease in Canada every year? 2.4 million in Canada are living with diagnosed heart disease. So many people are living with a sick heart or dying from a sick heart. And to live a long, healthy, active life, we need to have a healthy heart. If it becomes sick, we need to know how to get it well again. And this is why I want to talk about having a steady heart, because a steady heart is a healthy heart. I know I keep coming back to this divided and divisive world that we are living in. And it's never been more so, but we, the church, are often our own enemy. It feels like everything Jesus and the New Testament tells us about living in community goes out the window when we allow the fear-mongering of politics and the media, both mainstream and social media, to take precedence over the Word of God. And, and I don't mean the equally fear-inducing particular reading of Revelation that many people have got into that's blighted Christianity since the 60s. We as individuals and we as the church need to guard our heart. A guarded heart is a kind heart. A kind heart is a steady heart. A steady heart is a compassionate heart. Compassion is entering into someone's world, even though we do not agree or have not experienced it. I heard this the other day. It just caused me to stop in my tracks and think about it. Did you know that Jesus had no experience of sin Yet he entered into the sinner's pain, our pain, as if it were his own. 
and we find it difficult to pass by a comment or social media post that we disagree with without going in all guns blazing. Some of you can think, oh, that's not me, I'm not on social media. What about the person that doesn't get vaccinated? What about those that do get vaccinated because there are two sides? Can we love each other and enter their experience, the other's experience, as if it were our own, in the same way that Jesus loves us and has entered our experience, as if it were his own? Yeah, I know, it just got real, didn't it? See, some of you have already started in your mind with the, yeah, but, from my last few comments. So let me repeat the question for all of us in case we missed it in the room or online the first time. Can we love each other and enter each other's experiences as if it were our own in the same way that Jesus loves us and entered our experience? You see, if we can say yes to that, even just a little, maybe we need to think about our behavior interaction with each other a bit more. We need to steady our hearts and come back to what God tells us, not the latest statistics, not the latest YouTube video from so-and-so and so about end times. We need to be aware and take care of our health and need to be aware that Jesus, yes, he is coming back again, but neither have cause to create instability in our hearts. You see, we focus on what we hear the most. So what are you listening to? What is the noise in your head during the week? What is the cacophony of sound that's out there that we are allowing into our minds and hearts that causes our hearts to be unsteady? Because that will determine the condition of our heart. We're surrounded by noise, and it's time to stop the noise and start listening to the music. So all I want to do over these next few moments is read some scripture. And maybe, maybe I wanted to make a couple of comments, but I want us to allow the word of God to steady our hearts. So if you want to take notes, I'm going to go for it. Are you ready for the music of the word of God? See, fear not is mentioned, depending on which version, 365 times in the Bible. That's a lot. We need not give way to fear. Joshua 1, and this is God speaking to Joshua, says this, be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, verses 6 to 9, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, God was saying to Joshua, 
Don't fear, be strong and courageous because God knew what Joshua was about to take on. But he said, be strong and courageous because I've given you a cause and a purpose. Be strong and courageous because my word is with you. Be strong and courageous because my presence is with you. John 14 verse 1 says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You see, we we grieve, we suffer, we experience loss and pain. Yes, we do. We get troubled. So, So if we get troubled and we experience some of that stuff, do we just ignore it and say, well, that's unattainable? No, it's here for a reason. Don't let your hearts get overwhelmed and unstable with fear because we have our faith in Jesus. We have the presence of Jesus. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41 verse 10. I hope you're taking these down because I'm going to rush through them. And I want you, I want to put the tools in your hand. I want to put the music in your ears so that when you go home, when the noise of the world is coming in at you, you can sit down and you can go back over the word of God and listen to the music and drown out the noise because the problem is... Is we allow the we allow the noise to drown out the music. Psalm 19, verse 133. Keep steady, my steps, according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. We hold on to God's promise that He will complete what He started in us. Isaiah 35. Verse 3 and 4 says this, Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those fearful hearts, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Our hope is placed in God who has saved us and will continue to save us. Psalm 62, verses 3 and 8, how long will you assault me? I think some of us have felt like that over a period of time. How long is this going to go on for? Would all of you throw me down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Psalm 62, verses 3 to 8. So true that rest is difficult when our hearts are full of turmoil and instability. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Saying, don't give way to fear. There's a peace that we have that's not, it's not, there's always conditions about when we have stuff. 
Read the small print, but Jesus is saying, my peace I give. I'm not giving you my peace with conditions. I'm not giving you when I'm at my peace and I'm going to take it back again. No, no, I'm giving you my peace. A peace without conditions. Psalm 34, verse 17 and 18. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isaiah 54, verse 10. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast, my hesed, my compassionate love will not depart from you. And my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I hope the noise is being drowned out and you're beginning to listen to the music. You see, there are so many things that we lose. So many things that give way. So many things that tumble. But the knowledge and the experience of God's peace doesn't need to be one of them. Romans 5 verse 5 says this, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We have hope because our hearts are full of love. Psalm 46 verse 2, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Here again, we're seeing and hearing about the noise and movement. God's presence gives us a place of solitude, strength, and stability. Psalm 73, verse 26, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 33, 20 to 22, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us as as we hope in you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Psalm 57, 7 to 9. I think I've got the wrong one here. Enemies like lions are all around me. I must lie down among them. Their teeth are like spears and arrows. Their tongues are sharp as swords. God is supreme over the skies. His majesty covers the earth. They set a trap for me. I am very worried. They dug a pit in my path, but they fell into it themselves. Selah. My heart is steady, God. My heart is steady. I will sing and praise you. I'd love for the band to come back on. I'm going to finish in a moment. Let me ask us, what do we align our hearts to? What's, our, what's the anchor of our hearts? Our politics? Our end times theology? Maybe it's societal thinking. Maybe it's the latest hot potato issue. Maybe it's our favorite doctrine. Or do we align our hearts to Jesus? See, that sounds great when I say that, but what on earth does that mean? How do we align our hearts to Jesus? 
because we become Christ-like. As we align ourselves to him, as we read more about him, as we communicate more with him, we become Christ-like. We become more like his nature. His nature is that he loved God, he loved people, he loves his church, he loves justice, and he loves reconciliation. What steadies our heart? Knowing who God is. Our heart is steadied by knowing more and more who God is. That's why over the last few months we've been doing that series, God Is. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the all-consuming fire. He is love. We know who God is by hearing and focusing on His Word, not the noise. Our heart is steady by knowing His presence. In a moment, the team are going to lead us in worship, and we're going to stand. We're not just going to sing a song. Yes, we're going to have the words up, but there may be a bit of time for us just to put our hands in the air or raise our heads towards heaven and worship in our words. Maybe one or two of you might want to, while the music is ministering to us, maybe one or two of you might in your heart or just quietly read one or two of those scriptures that you've already got in front of you. You see, our heart is steadied by knowing God's word, knowing who God is, and knowing his presence, worshiping him. Our heart is steadied by knowing we are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Psalm 108 verse 1 says this, God, my heart is steady. I will sing and praise you with all my being. Wake up, heart and liar. I will wake up the dawn. Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing songs of praise about you to the nations. It's about time the world started hearing the music above the noise, not just us. See, as we sing our praise, as we worship, we begin to sing over the nations. Your great love reaches to the skies, your truth to the heavens. God, you are supreme above the skies. Let your glory be over all the earth. A steady, steadfast heart comes from knowing God, hearing his word, and worshiping him. You see, worship here is both a response and a remedy to the noise.